Hi, welcome to New Hope Community Church Online. The sermon you are about to hear was originally given by Pastor Chuck Wilson. New Hope Community Church, to know, to live, and to share Jesus Christ. The title for today is A Truly Liberated Woman. Joshua 17, 1 and 6. And it's perfect timing that on Mother's Day, we landed on Joshua 17 right here. Uh, in fact, for Mother's Day, we have gifts for all women. We always recognize all women, whether you're a physical mother, a spiritual mother, an emotional mother to somebody. Every woman is, is, a, is a mother in some way to, to somebody. And we always recognize every woman. And so we have some special gifts. Jean and Amanda, her, her, her Mother's Day gift, are got some stuff together. They're on the back table on the way out. You're going to see the... Some really pretty things to take home. So, um, and I also saw some chocolate-covered strawberries, but I think the guys were grabbing those. But anyway, we won't go there. But make sure every, all ladies, please get your, get your gift on the way out. Uh, but it's great that we land on Joshua 17. And I just was looking up some interesting facts that I thought I'd share about mothers here. Uh, some interesting. One is, more is better. This is a headline, more is better. The more children a woman has, the less likely she is to commit suicide. According to this study. No, it's true. true. Suicide risk decreases as the number of children increases. There you have it. But there's a catch to this. There's a catch. Uh, I'm I'm trying to have a little fun with this. There's a catch to this. Um, Here's another title. Sons shorten mothers' lives. (laughs) Researchers analyzing family records found that having sons shorten the lifespan of mothers by about 34 weeks per son. My son will be the death of me yet. You all heard that saying? The familiar lament by mothers everywhere may have a kernel of scientific truth, researchers say. They, 34 weeks per son, daughters nurtured to adulthood help prolong their mother's lives. So daughters prolong, sons shorten. So there you have it, all right? There you have it. A couple of you have all sons, but we won't go there. We won't go there. Oh, and then here's another one. I I wanted to read this one. There's a new... Uh, TV series, Survivor Series, being planned. Uh, This is the the premise of it. Six married men will be dropped on an island with one car and three kids each for six weeks. So every guy will get a car, three kids, six weeks. Each kid will play two sports and either take music or dance classes. There is no fast food. Each man must take care of his three kids, keep his assigned house clean, correct all homework and complete science projects, cook, do laundry, and pay a list of pretend bills with not enough money. In addition, each man will have a budget and money for groceries each week. Each man must remember the birthdays of all their friends and relatives and send cards all out on time, no emailing. Each man must also take each child to a doctor's appointment, a dentist appointment, and a haircut appointment. He must make one unscheduled and inconvenient visit per child to the urgent care. He must also make cookies or cupcakes for social functions. Each man will be responsible for decorating his own assigned house, planting flowers outside, and keeping it presentable at all times. The men will only have access to television when the kids are asleep and all chores are done. The men must shave their legs, wear makeup daily, adorn himself with jewelry, wear uncomfortable yet stylish shoes, keep fingernails polished and eyebrows groomed. During one of the six weeks, the men will have to endure severe abdominal cramps, back aches, <laughs> have extreme unexplained mood swings, but never once complain or slow down from other duties. 
They must attend weekly school meetings, church, and find time at least once to spend an afternoon at park, blah, blah. They will need to read a book to the kids each night and in the morning, feed them, dress them, brush their teeth, and comb their hair by 7 a.m. A test will be given at the end of the six weeks, and each father will be required to know all the following information. Each child's birthday, height, weight, shoe size, clothes size, doctor's name, child's weight at birth, length, time of birth, length of labor, each child's favorite color, middle name, favorite snack, favorite song, favorite drink, favorite toy, biggest fear, and what they want to be when they grow up. The kids, that reminds me, my kids do those tests, you know, how well do you know your, how well do you know me, you know, you know the tests I'm talking about, you get it on, and so I always do it first and I get most of them wrong, but I sign in on a pseudo name. And then I, then I retake it with my name, and I get 100%. But that's, that's a little... <laughs> they all think I know them well. But anyway, uh, the kids vote them off the island based on performance. The last man wins only if he still has enough energy... Well, I'm going to go into that. But uh, oh, I'll read it. If he has enough energy to be intimate with his spouse at a moment's notice. Uh, if the last man does win, he can play the game over and over and over again for the next 18 to 25 years, eventually earning the right to be called mother. You never, show, you never saw it on... Moms, that's for you. You never saw it on TV because the show never got off the ground. They couldn't find any participants to sign up for the show. But we, who would? Who would sign up, right? Today's title, A Truly Liberated Women, Woman, Joshua 17, 1-6, and we'll connect some dots to moms and all ladies here. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the worship today. We thank you for bringing each person here. We thank you for all the, the, the kids that have made this day special for the moms. We also pray for the moms that are sad today because of loss and, and, and hurts and heartbreaks. We pray for your mercy and grace as we look at your word now. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, before I read the passage, I just want to, you know, I made the title, A Truly Liberated Woman. Originally, the women's liberation movement, women's live movement, was Christian-based. I bet a lot of you didn't know that. It elevated, the whole goal of the women's liberation movement was to truly elevate women in a Christian way, but the movement flip-flopped. In the 1850s, when it was really getting going, the goal was to get the women out of the factories so that they could raise their families. That was the whole goal of the women's liberation movement. The Christian base to get them out of the factory so they could raise their family. But it morphed, as we all know, it morphed over time to get women out of the home and into, back to work, into work. Although that's changing again. There's, a, there's a, quite a movement going on. Many women want to go get back into the homes and raise their children. Not that work, they can't still work in some way, but they, they're seeing that their families are the eternal value. The families are what they're going to have an eternal impact with. That's what really is going to matter in the long run. And also, another thing with feminism, the, historical, the historic feminists were all 100% pro-life. Did you know that? 100%. It's not advertised much anymore, but Susan B. Anthony called abortion child murder. None of you have heard of Susan B. Anthony, the dollar, right? Uh, Elizabeth Cady Stanton, one of the mothers of the women's liberation movement, said this. She said, when we consider that women are treated as property, it's degrading to women that we should treat our children as property to be disposed of. 100% 
pro-life, the, the, the original women's liberation movement. But the women's liberation movement has morphed. It's morphed over time, and the ones who have really been liberated are the men. The men are the ones who have been liberated by it, not the women. I just mentioned the abortion there. And once again, if you've had abortion, I know many women here have had abortions. We've talked about it all the time. God's mercy and grace. We have ministries here. There's forgiveness. It's not to drive home pain. But, but, it's, but it's, it's, we do have to offset the, the, the crazy thinking out there, the godless thinking, the antichrist thinking with it. But I want to say this. If you've ever gone through an abortion, there is healing. There is God's mercy. You, I could connect you with lots of women here who said, please send them to me. I will pray with them. I will counsel them. I'll encourage them. And there's connection for anybody to get that healing. And we also have a ministry for that. But abortion, what has that done? It's liberated men. Now there is sex without commitment. There's, there's sex without commitment. Now a guy can get a woman pregnant and pressure her to have an abortion, which they do. Oh my, I could tell you story after story. The only ones who have really been liberated are the men by the women's lib movement. There's easy divorce. Men can keep a harem. They can, you know, d- dump, use and dump women at, at, at will. That's the, the outcome of this. It has actually put women in bondage. The modern women's lib movement has put women in bondage uh, where they, they now have to, so much pressure at home. They have pressure on the job. They, women, the statistically, since the whole women's liberation movement, the modern one, the, what I call the radical one, has come into play, is women have the same struggles as men. They have the same health issues now. They have, they have the same vices. I'll call it vices. They struggle with the same vices. It's, it's been very, very unhealthy for women. Only Christianity can truly liberate a woman. Only Christianity truly has liberated women. All other religions... All other religions put women down. Every other one. Buddhism. Did you know that Buddha, when he, he predicted his religion would fail in India because they had started to allow women to be disciples? Then he predicted it would fail because that's how he viewed women. Hindus. Hindus believe the highest honor for a woman is to be reincarnated as a man. That's the highest honor. Mormons. Mormons, the, cult, the Mormon cult, women, what can they look forward to? A good Mormon woman, she can look forward to sharing her husband and with many other women and populating a new planet because he's the new god of his planet and she's going to be one of many, many wives and they're going to repopulate a planet. That's what, that's what a, a good Mormon woman can expect. Islam, where do we start? Where do we start? It's, it's just shocking that the women's live movement has kind of joined hands with Islam here in the country because the way they treat women, the read the world news, the floggings that go on. If a woman is raped in an Islamic country, they if they they just keep quiet because they they take great risk in reporting that rape. Because if they report it, it's her word against the guys, and, it, and they always take the guy's word. And then the woman is is many times brutalized and and, and killed for speaking up. That's just. Read, read, don't read our news. Do a little searching on, on what the women, how they're treated in these cultures. And as the USA moves away from Christianity, and we are becoming post-Christian very quickly, we are seeing women mistreated at a higher, higher rate, of way more. The abuse and, and even the divorce and what it does to women, we're seeing that happen. 
that women are being mistreated. If you visit non-Christian countries, you'll, you'll see where we are headed. I've been, I've been around the block, and a lot of you have been around the block. If you visit these, you'll see where we're headed. Women are treated as second-class citizens. I remember when I was in Egypt. I'm not picking out any countries, but, but I've been around. And I remember being in Egypt. And I was at the pyramids, and I was, there was a couple girls my age that were on this trip. This was years ago. And they were, we were near the pyramids, and we were watching, and we were talking. And, and, and this one guy with a camel there was giving everybody rides for a dollar. He saw me with these two women, and he just assumed they were my wives. And they weren't. They were just friends. They just assumed they were my wives. And he came up, and he was trying to barter with me. He said, could I buy one of your wives... Could I trade you my camel for one of your wives? And he was serious. He wanted to trade a camel for the wives. And, and I'm, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm having a hard time deciding. And they were panicking, you know. Like, we're not married to him. He can't understand you. We're not, you know, we're not going with this guy. I go, I don't know. Well, and I finally said, I communicated, I don't think I can because I don't think I can get the camel on the plane. Otherwise, I would do it, you know. And so uh, in India, I've been in India. In India... Female infanticide is practiced regularly. Girls are just killed, little baby girls, because they're not valued. Uh, Husbands, if they don't like the dowry that their wife brings, they burn them. It's common to to burn their wives. You know, they they hideously burn them and and kill them many times. Um, In Africa, you know, where there's, well, in Africa, I'll go that far. Where there's, where there's, it's, it's the Muslim, it's the Muslim areas of Africa. There's forced female circumcision, which is a barbaric mutilation. And now it's coming here. It's in the United States. And they're starting to practice it on these girls here in the U.S. And what's shocking is that a lot of the radical women libbers defend the practice because it's a cultural thing. I'm like, aren't you there to protect girls? It's brutal. Brutal. Brutal what happens. Only, I'm saying all this to say, only Christianity truly liberates women. Before Jesus came, in the Roman world, women were often treated worse than the animals. Animals were often treated better than women before Jesus came. They were considered slaves in their, their husband's eyes. The Roman Colosseum, if you've ever studied the Roman Colosseum, they had all the different seating arrangements, but the very highest in the seating, nosebleed, beyond nosebleed, was for the slaves and the women. That's where they sat. The slaves and the women, they weren't worthy to sit with the men. Jesus comes along and elevates women. If you read the scripture, women flocked to Jesus. They flocked to him. Mary sat at his feet. Remember Martha Mary? Mary sat at his feet. That was a place reserved for his disciples. The feet of, of, of a teacher was for the disciples. Women traveled with his ministry and supported him. The sinful woman was commended. She came in and, and, and you know, uh, crashed the party and, 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 and anointed Jesus' feet. And she was commended for that. She was drawn to Jesus. Women, uh, he talked with the woman at the well. Remember the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman, the sinful Samaritan woman. He took, talked to her. She was shocked, but everybody was shocked he was talking to a sinful woman at a well. He, 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 that's how he treated women. And you see how God's word honors women, how Jesus honored these women. Women were at the cross. There was only one, one guy there, you know, for a short time. It was all women. They were the brave ones. 
Women were at the tomb first. They were the first ones to see Jesus in his resurrection. It wasn't men. It was women. Christ comes along into this horrible situation in Rome. And he says, yes, men are functionally in leadership position over women. Creation itself. It's tied to creation. But just like the father and son. The father is over the son, right? But the father and son are equal. Just as men, men and women are, women are equal to men in God's sight, just like the father and son. There's a, there's a created order and there's a, there's a responsibility and a, and a functional leadership, but women are equal in God's sight, just as the father and son are equal. God, it all got messed up at the fall. It was always supposed to be a, a whole different way, but it got messed up at the fall. In fact, in Genesis 3, before we get to Joshua 17, I want to look at Genesis 3. In Genesis 3, verse 17, listen, I'm sorry, verse 16. After the fall, after sin, look, look at the effect of sin on the world. To the woman, he said, I will greatly increase your pains in childbearing. With pain, you will give birth to your children. Now get this. Your desire will be for your husband, and he will rule over you. Desire and rule are the two key words. Remember, this is the effect of the fall, the sinful tendency because of the fall, because we've sinned, because we rebelled against God. The word here used for the woman, desire, is not the word for sexual desire. I don't think we have to really explain that to married couples. You know, the guys tend to have that stronger desire typically, but, but it's, it's not, that's not what the word means. When he says your desire will be for your husband, that's not what it means. It's the same word used in Genesis 4, 7. To really understand what this word means, in Genesis 4, 7, he's warning uh, Cain about sin. And he says, um, if you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is, now get this, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must master it. It desires to have you but you must master it. The idea behind the word desire in, in the Hebrew is to dominate. That's the, the, that's the sinful tendency that women have because of the fall. They will actually want to dominate their husband. That's the part of the fall. Now, uh, I saw that firsthand. Kim posted a long time ago some rules on, on the refrigerator, uh, the rules. In fact, when we first got married, this was posted, and a lot of you... Men may have seen these posted on your refrigerator, too. Uh, uh, it says, the rules. The female always makes the rules. The rules are subject to change at any time without prior notification. No male can possibly know all the rules. If the female suspects the male knows all the rules, she must immediately change some or all of the rules. The female is never wrong. If the female is wrong, it's due to a misunderstanding, which was a direct result of something the male did or said wrong. <laughs> it's true. We're laughing, but huh. Okay, the, the male must apologize immediately for causing said misunderstanding. The female may change her mind at any time. The male must never change his mind without the, fem with the express written consent of the female. The female has every right to be angry or upset at any time, the male must remain calm at all times unless the female wants him to be angry and or upset. The female must, under no circumstances, let the male know whether or not she wants him to be angry or upset. 
The male is expected to read, mind read at all times. So you get the idea. So we had this on the fridge. We had a lot of fun. She had all the youth group girls who would come over and you know, enjoy that. But, uh, but I'm, that's tongue in cheek. But, but that, the effect of, of the fall is women have a, a sinful tendency to want to dominate the husband. Now, the husband has another sinful tendency, which the word is rule. He will rule over you. And I already mentioned how because of creation, men are in a leadership position of their family. That's their responsibility. But the word here, rule, is not a positive one. It's the word used of dictators. Dictators. That's going to be the effect of sin, is the men are going to... Are going to uh, they're going to dictate. They're going to be controlling in, in, a, in a negative sense, in a bad sense. But Jesus came along and reverses the curse. He reverses the curse. He gives, an, uh, he, he gives the answer for healing, to, to, for husbands and wives to live in the way that they were intended to live. And that answer is in Ephesians 5, 22 through 25. And in Ephesians 5, now listen, this is the reversing the curse. This is what Jesus did on the cross. This is the effect of what happened through God's mercy and grace. It says here, wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. It's a voluntary submission to God's leadership role that God has given to the husbands. Submit as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which... He is the Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Husbands, if we love our wives that way, she doesn't even have to submit, does she? She just gets the rest in it. That's God reversing the curse. Instead of desire and rule, it's submission and love. Submission and love. That's the reversing the curse. And one of the foundational treatments for the, the treatment of women is found in Joshua 17. And I bet a lot of you missed this. This is a wild Wild passage. Look at Joshua 17, verses 1 to 6, where we see a, a, a foundational passage for women standing before God. Verse 1, This was the allotment for the tribe of Manasseh as Joseph's firstborn. That is, Machir, Manasseh's firstborn. Machir was the ancestor of the Gileadites who had received Gilead and Bashan because the Mechorites were great soldiers. So this allotment was for the rest of the people of Manasseh, the clans of Ebiezer, Helek, Ezrael, Shechem, Hefer, and Shemitah. These are the other male descendants of Manasseh, son of Joseph, by their clans. Now, I know some of your eyes are spinning right now. What are we reading this for? There are no boring parts in the Bible. Watch this. Now, Zelophehad, son of Hefer, I'm going to call him Zel from now on just for easy. Uh, Zelophehad, son of Hefer, the son of Gilead, the son of Maker, the son of Manasseh, had no sons but only daughters, whose names were Mala, Noah, Hagla, Milcah, and Tirzah. They went to Eleazar the priest, Joshua, son of Nun, and the leaders, and said, The Lord commanded Moses to give us an inheritance among our brothers. 
So Joshua gave them an inheritance along with the brothers of their father according to the Lord's command. Manasseh's share consisted of ten tracts of land besides Gilead and Bashan east of Jordan because the daughters of the tribe of Manasseh received an inheritance among the sons. The land of Gilead belonged to the rest of the descendants of Manasseh. So here we go. This is wild. Now the inheritance. We've been looking at the inheritance, right? Physical inheritance is a picture of our spiritual inheritance. This is all a spiritual picture of our inheritance. And notice something that the women shared equally in the inheritance. Women share equally in the spiritual inheritance that we have through Joshua, Jesus Christ. In Numbers, this is all traced to Numbers 27 and 36, chapters 27 and 36, where, where Zell, Zell had no sons. And everything came through the male line. If you know the patriarchal system there, that everything came through the male lineage, okay? No, no sons. So the daughters, back in, in, in Numbers, they petitioned Moses. They said, we don't want to lose our father's inheritance. We don't want to lose out on our father's inheritance. We don't want to lose our father's inheritance. Spiritual picture. Connect the dots. This is all type. This is all picture of us. Our spiritual inheritance. And the women didn't want to lose out on that. They wanted to get a piece of it. So God says, tells Moses, yes. As long as they marry within their clan. They had to marry within their clan. That would be like saying to someone here, if you want to experience your father's inheritance, you have to marry within your spiritual clan. You have to marry a Christian. That's why the Bible teaches that very, very clearly in the New Testament. It's key today, marrying a Christian today, if you're a man or woman, you're going to marry someone, they have to be a Christian and a strong Christian, that's key, or you'll lose out on your spiritual inheritance. Your children will lose out on the blessing and the inheritance. Now, there's always mercy and grace, and God works amazing ways, and we, we've seen God, people get saved, and God blesses, but... but Statistically, clear statistics, if a dad is a Christian, the kids are usually Christian. If the dad turn, isn't a Christian, typically the kids aren't. It's a, it's a strong statistic. And so anyway, the point is, it's very important to marry within the clan. They were said they had to marry within their clan. And God approves of their request, which, which showed great faith, because they didn't even have this land yet. This, if you know what we've been studying, they didn't even conquer this territory yet, but they were already claiming it. These women had great faith. And they were, wanted a piece of the promised land, which is a picture, remember? It's a picture. It's a picture of our spiritual life now and our eternal life in heaven someday. The promised land. A picture of the battles, the spiritual battles that we're trying to take here, but also being in heaven someday. It's all a picture of that. And, and they, they were given a right to it. Both men and women have an equal right to our Father's inheritance, to the spiritual blessings, the spiritual promises. Everybody has an equal right. Galatians 3.28. There's neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. We are all one in Christ and equal. And here's, so ladies, you have the same, anything a guy has, you have spiritually, you have the same promises, the same blessing, but you even have an extra blessing. Here's something that's really wild. This not only lays the foundation for women's rights in the body of Christ, equal rights in the body of Christ, but 
Joshua 17 also lays the foundation for Jesus, the Son of God, to be born of a woman. Did you know that? I bet you didn't know. This is really wild. Lays the foundation for Jesus to be born of a woman. This passage, God had a plan. What's God's plan? John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. God's plan was to send his Son to be born as a human, a God-man, so that he could die for our sins in our place. He could be our substitute. He could take our place. Someone who never broke the law, never sinned, innocent in God's sight. God had a plan to send his Son to save us so that if we will put our faith in him, and give our life to him, we can get right with God again. He, the, the curse can be reversed. We can, spend, we can have a real life here now and life forever with God in heaven someday. That's God's plan. But we all know God's the Father, but there's got to be a human mother to have, the, have this birth. And we, Mary is the human mother. Now, Joseph was the surrogate father. Right? You see the, the Matthew 1, the, the lineage, traced back to Matthew. Because Matthew, although he wasn't the physical father, he was the adoptive father. He was a surrogate father. He was the, the legal guardian of Jesus. And that was, that was okay because he was in the royal line. The Messiah had to come through the royal line, right? David's royal line, he had to come through. So that's covered, but Jesus wasn't related by blood to Joseph. He's not in the bloodline. But he has to be in the bloodline too. Not just the legal line, but he has to be in the bloodline. Has to be, right? Only Mary was in the bloodline. But lineage, he cannot inherit it through Mary. Because David's throne, it's all male lineage. It has to go through the male line. Here we go. Let's connect some dots. Zell's daughters, in Numbers 27 and 8, when they laid the foundation of what we read in, in Joshua 17, in Numbers 27, verse 8, it says this, Moses, say to the Israelites, if a man dies and leaves no son, turn his inheritance over to his daughter. Turn it over to his daughter. If a man dies without a son, like what happened with Zell, it went to the daughters. That was God's word through Moses. Mary's father, Heli, had no sons. No sons. He just had a daughter named Mary. So the daughter gets the inheritance. And Heli was in the royal lineage, the royal line. That's in Luke. She gets the inheritance. Numbers 36, 6, a few, few more chapters ahead. In Numbers 36, 6, and also verse 8, there's a, a prerequisite, though, that's laid out for them. Verse 6, this is what the Lord commands for Zelophed's daughters. They may marry anyone they please as long as they marry within the tribal clan of their father. They had to marry within the clan. Verse 8, every daughter who inherits land in any Israelite tribe must marry someone in her father's tribal clan so that every Israelite will possess the inheritance of their fathers, uh, his fathers. They had, as long as Mary 
gets this inheritance as long as she marries someone within her tribal clan. And Mary and Joseph were both of the tribe of Judah. Come on, guys. Judah. They're both of the tribe of Judah. And they were both in the royal line. Both of them. And so you see how it's covered? Jesus is covered legally through Matthew. I mean, through Matthew's genealogy. Through Joseph. Jesus is covered legally through his adoptive father, Joseph. And he's covered through the bloodline through his real mother, Mary. Also in the royal line. And it's all because of Joshua 17. Lays the entire foundation for Jesus to be able to be the Messiah through a human mother. Wild, huh? God covers it all. He connects every dot. So, so Zelophed's daughters here in Joshua 17 laid the foundation for the Son of God to be born of Mary and to inherit the royal throne of David to be the Messiah. Ladies, do you realize how special you are to God? In Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus. Are you truly liberated? Have you found your purpose through Jesus Christ? There's only one way to find your true purpose. It's through Jesus Christ and God's purpose for your life. God has a purpose for every one of you. Very important purpose. The world, don't let the world decide what it is. Don't let sinful desires decide what it is. What is God's purpose for you? Can you find that purpose and live out that real life by faith? By faith. Have you put your faith in Jesus Christ? And this is for all of us. But but have you put your faith in Jesus Christ? Have you come to Joshua, our Joshua, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for us to, to claim your spiritual inheritance, to find life here on earth, the life God planned for you, and to have eternal life someday with God in heaven someday? Have you come to him and found that life? And that's a question I ask every one of us. Have we come to God? and put our faith in his son Jesus and found our true purpose here for, for here and knowing that we're going to have it for all of eternity in heaven with God someday. John three sixteen, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Have you ever put your faith in Jesus Christ? Have you ever done that? Men, I want to say something to men here. Are we helping the women in our lives? Whether it's a wife, whether it's a sister, whether it's a sister in Christ, are we helping our wives, the women in our lives, achieve their spiritual potential? Are we doing that? There's this whole Me Too movement out there right now. And and really what's driving that is that women have been hurt. Women have been injured. They've been damaged by men. But we, we can bring healing. As Christian men, we can bring healing. As Christian husbands, as Christian men, we, we can bring healing to the ladies in our life. Whatever, whether it's at work, whether it's at school, whether it's uh, uh, in, in our family, whatever. We can help bring healing to our families, to our women in our life. We can do that. That, that is what Christian men should be doing. With the love of Jesus Christ. That's what we can do. And I'll say this to Christian husbands and men. The ladies in our lives are our spiritual partners. 
We've been given a job to do, spiritual leaders, we've been given that job, but there are spiritual partners, and it's very important how we treat them. Vital. Last verse I'm going to share before we go to prayer. 1 Peter 3, 7. This is for the men. 1 Peter 3, 7. Very convicting. Husbands, but say it to all men. Husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect as the weaker partner and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. Treat them with respect. As a weaker partner in the Greek, it's not talking about weak spiritually. They're obviously physically weaker, but it's the picture of how you would treat China. How you would treat something you know, priceless that you have that can break easily. Some, some priceless heirloom that China. How would you treat it? You treat it carefully because it's delicate. The idea is delicacy there. And, and how we treat them with respect. Do we treat our wives that way? And, and they're heirs with us. They're co-heirs. Equal heirs with us of the gracious gifts of life so that nothing will hinder our prayer. The way that we treat the women in our life, the way that we show love to women affects our relationship to God. Very, very important. Very, very important. Let's pray. How is God speaking to us as we go to this time of prayer? How is God calling us to love the women in our life? Whether it's our wife, whether it's our, our mom, whether it's a sister or a sister in Christ. Any women we have contact with, whether it's a woman who's been wounded, And the world's not going to give them healing. It, it's the love of Jesus that we show them that will, will, will bring them healing. It's only the love of Christ that can do that. It, men, we have a lot of damage to undo that have done to the, to the women in our country. By worldly men, we have to be Jesus Christ and the love of, share the love of Christ with them. Are we making that impact as we come to this prayer? What, what one person is God calling us to show love to? Might be someone who's hard to love. Someone who's been bitter and hurt. I've actually had women come to me and say, thank you for, I'm thankful for this church because it's helped heal me. I now see that men can be different. They can be loving because of Jesus in them. Ladies, are you truly liberated? How have we believed the world's lies, but maybe today you see what God's word says? How can we, are you truly liberated by Jesus Christ, by his word, by giving your life to him? by seeking his purpose for your life. Not what the expectations of the world are, but, what, but his purpose for your life. For all of us, have we been liberated by Jesus Christ? 
Have you ever put your faith in Christ and given your life to him? Being set free from sin. Being set free from the world. Being set from Satan's lies. Have you ever put your faith in Jesus Christ? John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. You can have that life right now by putting your faith in Jesus Christ. It's a simple prayer of faith. God, please forgive my sin. I repent of that old life. Anything in my life that goes against your word and your purpose for me, I repent. Please forgive me. I put my faith in your son Jesus who died on the cross for me who came alive from the dead for me I put my faith in him I give my life to Jesus If you have prayed that prayer of faith this morning, you are truly liberated. Men and women, we are truly set free by faith in Jesus Christ. And your life will never be the same. I want to encourage you to let someone know, whether you tell me on the way out or felt the card or tell a family or a friend, tell somebody today, let somebody know today so we can be excited for you and help you grow in your potential in Jesus Christ. Finding your full purpose in Christ. Father, we thank you for every woman here. Every woman, whether they're physical mothers, spiritual mothers, emotional mothers, sisters, daughters, we thank you for every woman here. The gift that you've given each of us through the women in our lives. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.